I am thankful to be in the house of the Lord again. I, I count it an honor and a privilege, and I am grateful when there was days where some of you could not be here, and now we get to be here. Don't, don't forget where we just came from. We better be thankful every time we walk into the house of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for one more time to come into your presence. Amen. Amen. I am thankful to be here tonight. Thank you to all of you for joining with us. Thank you to all of our guests that are with us tonight. We pray that you have already been blessed. Those watching online, we welcome you. Thank you for tuning in, watching with us. Tonight, if you would, turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Again, reading verse 15. Matthew chapter 7, we'll begin reading verse 15 down to verse 20. It says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. They look the part on the outside, but inwardly there's something off. He said, Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire, wherefore by their fruits ye shall know them. So he says it twice. He's wanting to make sure that you really get this, that you're going to be known by your fruit. Thankful that Pastor got up and said what he did tonight. I, I believe that it's going to help us moving forward, not only for our lives, but for tonight. Amen. Tonight I want to talk to you on the subject, talking trees. Talking trees. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you for your presence that is already in this place. God, I pray that you would anoint these lips of clay. God, for your word is already anointed. God, but I need the help of the Holy Ghost tonight. God, that we may speak with boldness. God, that we may speak, oh God, to every heart, to every person that is in this place. God, and that we, oh Lord, would see ourselves, oh God, and see what we are producing in our lives. God, and do all that we can to love like you. God, to give grace the way that you give grace. God, to see through your eyes oh God and to let this mind be in us which was also in Christ Jesus God I pray right now that you would move and touch every heart and soul in the name of Jesus we pray it and everyone said amen amen you may be seated tonight tonight I want to speak to you from my heart and from the word of God I want to speak to where we are and share what I feel led by the Holy Ghost to share with you this night. Now, I am not an arborist. I do not have a high knowledge of dendrology or botany. I'm not here to preach a complicated message tonight. 
Truthfully, most of the things that Jesus would talk about in his word, he would bring it right down to where we are so that we had a better understanding of what he was trying to say. He explained things in ways that even I could understand it. And I know that that must be a challenge for him, but he made it happen. He made it possible and broke it down where even I could understand it. I've been to gardens before. Several years back, Sarah and I went to the United States Botanic Garden. And if you know me at all, you know that I had absolutely no idea what anything in there was. It's, it's like one of my wife's friends said one time. She said, oh, I love trees that look like that. And they said, well, what do you mean? She said, you know, it's got the brown trunk and then it kind of branches out and there's green leaves on the top. And I sat there and thought, well, yeah, <laughs> That's just about every tree I can think of that looks like that. But you see, this garden, it, it was like a museum. So every, every flower, every plant, every tree that was in there had a plaque in front of it that if you wanted to, you could sit there and read all about this plant and this flower. And, and you could get to know where it came from and its origin and what it's used for and if it smells good or, or, or it's unpleasant to smell. You, you got to read all of this if you want to. But for me, I walked by and I said, well, there's a, a green plant with a pink flower coming out. That's, that's beautiful. And I would just walk right on by. Now, I know some of you know all about the plants and the flowers. But if I'm going to grow something, I want it to be something that I'm going to get to eat. Something that I'm going to get to enjoy. So when Jesus is talking about something bearing fruit, I'm tuned in and I'm listening. And I, I can get with that. I can listen to what he's talking about because not only has he broken it down to where I can understand it, but he's talking about something that I enjoy, and that's food. But what Jesus is trying to communicate here is very simple. He said, by their fruits, you shall know them. Whatever they are producing will be visible for us to identify. If you see apples on that tree, tell me what kind of tree that's going to be. Man, we have some intelligent people in the house. See how easy Jesus made it for you? If you see a tree that has an apple on it, you can identify that is an apple tree because of what it is producing. If you look up at another tree and you see this thing hanging from it with a bunch of others, I would look at this and I would say, what kind of tree is that? A banana tree. Even the children are with us tonight. They understand when I look at this tree, there's no confusion. I, I, I see an apple. I see a banana and that apple is going to roll all the way over there. But whatever the case may be, I can identify what it is by the fruit it's producing. It doesn't need a plaque to explain it to me. I don't need a tour guide to walk with me and say, now you see that man over there? He, he's a Christian. It doesn't need a plaque to explain all of the things that it is because when you look at it, you know there's things being produced in its life and you say, I, I know who he is. I know the kind of person they are by the fruit they are producing. If it is truly an apple tree, it doesn't have to go around shouting, look at me, I'm an apple tree. 
Look, look what I can do. I, I can produce apples. Look at all the apples coming from me. It doesn't have to do that if it's truly an apple tree. Well, don't you see what I'm producing? Can't you see all the cool tricks that I can do? Can't you see these vibrant red apples that are growing from me? Because if it's an apple tree, it's fruit and production of that fruit is all evidence that we need. You see, there are a lot of people who use a lot of words to speak of who they are and what they are. But their actions and their lives sometimes tell a different narrative. We have people who walk around claiming to be Christians, claiming to be children of God, claiming to be somebody that they are not. And sometimes they're anything but Christ-like. We have people that claim to be kind, but you're looking at them and you say, I, I just don't see it. You, you're, you're telling me with your words that you're nice, but you're rude. You, you haven't said one nice thing to me all day. You're not a nice person. We have people claiming to have the fruit of the Spirit, but we look at them and think they, that there's a Spirit that's got a hold of them. Oh, sure, they may be producing fruit, but is it good fruit? Because you can tell me you are an apple tree all day long. But if it doesn't look like an apple, and if it's got bumps growing on it, and it's moldy, and it smells funny, you're going to have a hard time giving that to me and convincing me to eat it, telling me it's an apple. Because I know an apple when I see an apple, and that, my friend, is not an apple. We, we ought to notice when we see some things that just are not right in somebody. We ought to be sensitive enough to say, you know what, I, I've been looking around at my world. I've been looking at some things that I can identify and say, that is not right. That is not okay. That is not, I don't care how you want to paint it. I don't care what color you want to put on that. You can say whatever you want, but that does not make it right. You can call it an apple, but my friend, it's not an apple. Listen, I'm not judging tonight. In fact, if you go read the first part of this chapter tonight, that's exactly what he deals with. He says, judge not that ye be not judged. For with that judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. He said, you're going around and, and you want to talk about all the stuff in your brother's eyes, but hold on. You haven't even stopped to consider what is in your own eye. You haven't slowed down to pay attention to what, what's going on in your own life before you start pointing the finger at everybody else. And he's saying, hold on, pump the brakes before you start doing this. Check yourself first and make sure your heart is right. And then he goes on to say, but by their fruits ye shall know them. You see, it's not me coming up with my own assumptions of their lives. It's me looking at them and knowing who they are and what they are about and where their heart is based upon what they are producing. I shouldn't have to go around everyone shouting to everybody, bless God, I'm a preacher. Bless God, I'm a Christian. I'm a man of God. I'm a child of God. I should live a life. That is a testament to that. I should walk outside of my door with a smile on my face and being kind to one another and loving one another and sharing the hope of Jesus with everyone that I meet. And by living a life like that, there's going to be somebody that's going to take notice and say, that person is different. 
that I, they're producing something in their life I don't have. And I can identify that. That, that is a child of God. That is person who walks with Jesus. The Bible says they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. You see, when you start producing things that are of him, people are going to take notice of that. People are going to look at that and say, that makes sense to me now. Now the things that you're producing, it, it, it's all making sense. I should live a life that when others look at me, they say, hey, he, he is a Christian. Well, how do you know? Well, look at what they're producing. But you see, the problem is there are a lot of people claiming to be kind, but the reality is people have tasted what they had to offer. And it was bitterness. It was sour. It was negativity. It's happened. It's happened. You want to know the reality of why a lot of people hesitate to come to church and hesitate to trust somebody again and hesitate to, to, to go back to that job and hesitate to do that because there was something that did not settle well. There was something that just made them a little uncomfortable and, and they said, well, well, this is good. Well, I, I, I tasted it and I just, if you tasted something bad, you don't want to go try it again. You said, no, I've been there and I've done that and I don't want any part of that. But they were left with such a bitter taste in their mouths because of something someone did. And someone said that they were something that they were not. Now, don't get me wrong. Some people use this to manipulate the church. And they use this to their advantage to get what they want. For instance, when we had poured our fresh concrete up front a couple years back, in cleaning up the front parking lot, the concrete had just gotten poured and they said, okay, you, you can drive on it, but we don't want anybody parking on it for a few days because it's got a cure. No more than they said that this guy and this trucker pulls up and his big 18 wheeler and pulls in. He hops out. Hey man, can I park my rig here tonight? And I want to, I'm going to spend the night, but can, can we just park it on your parking lot? And I just kind of looked at him like, you're not going to like the answer. I'm going to tell you. But I'll go, I'll go talk to pastor and see what he has to say. So I go talk to pastor and pastor's like, well, he can't do that. They just poured the concrete. They, we can't park on it for so many days. Okay, I'll go tell him. Went out there. Hey, man, uh, this concrete, as you can tell, it's freshly poured. It's got a cure for a few days. You can't park here. <sighs> oh, I see how it is. I see how it is. I thought you were Christian. I thought you were Christian. Anybody ever had that card pulled on you before? I thought you were Christian. And it happens. And you know what? There's been times where I myself have had that same thought come into my mind. I thought you were Christian. I, I thought you were supposed to be kind. I thought you were supposed to bear fruit. I thought you were supposed to be nice. I thought you were supposed to go to a restaurant and be nice to your waiter and waitress. I thought you were supposed to tip them. I thought you were supposed to love thy neighbor as yourself. That's what I read in the word. That's what I thought. But but I but what you're telling me you are and what you're living is not lining up. Something is off. There have been times I've had to look at myself in the mirror and be very real and honest with myself and say, Landon, I thought you were a child of God. I thought I thought you were a Christian. You don't act like that as a Christian and as a child of God. You better go find a place and pray and repent and get your heart right with God because you don't act like that. 
So there's times we have to even look at ourselves and make sure, am I still bearing fruit? Am I still producing the things that I'm telling people I'm supposed to be producing? There have been times that we've had to be very real with ourselves. And we can say we're all Christian all day, every day. We can sing all the songs, quote all the scriptures. We can do all the things we know to do right But we are still a long way off from being like Jesus. But here's the deal. Jesus did not have to pretend to be anything. Jesus didn't say one thing and live a different way. He backed it up with his life. We were able to sing what we sang a while ago because of who he is. It wasn't just who he said he was. It was who he is. It's who he has proven himself to be. He said, I'm not just going to tell you I'm a healer. I'm going to heal. I'm not just going to tell you I'm a deliverer. I'm going to deliver. And you're going to be able to sing, God, because of who you are, I give you glory. You've been my redeemer. You've been my friend. You've been my healer. God, you've been all the things that you told me that you were. And that's why I can trust him he backed it up with his life you see it's not hard to talk the talk it's easy to say things and type things and and send an email it's easy to do those things but it's a lot harder to walk the walk it's easy for him to say you know what i'm going to go down there and i'm going to robe myself in flesh and i'm going to die for all humanity But you see the real struggle when it comes time for him to die and he's wrapped in that flesh and he has to go to a garden and pray and plead and say, oh, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me for the spirit is willing, but my flesh is weak. You see, even Jesus had that moment of being real and saying, this, this is, this is hard to do. It's a lot easier to talk the talk than it is to walk the walk. But you hear me, I'm willing to do it because I love you. I'm willing to do it because I have to do this. You see, Jesus didn't say, take up your cross and follow me without him also being willing to carry his own. And he had to die on his. He didn't wait. To be washed himself. He said no I'm going to get a towel and a bowl. And I'm going to wash your feet first. He didn't just say everyone else had to be baptized to be saved. He said I'm even going to be obedient to baptism. Sure he said I am the door. I am the way. I am." The, he was saying those things. But he wasn't just saying those things. He was those things. He said I'm not just going to say I'm an apple tree. I'm going to produce things that you're going to look at. And you're going to say that is real. That is what I'm looking for. That is what I have been searching for. That man has substance. And notice Jesus didn't do everything by the way that man thought it should be done. He didn't do it because the crowd thought it was what needed to happen. He didn't do it because his disciples thought it should happen. And and even better, he didn't do it because his own mother said so. He did it because it was right. He did it because it needed to be done. And not just needed to be done, he knew when it needed to be done. And how it needed to be done. He had all the pieces already put together. And when Mary comes to him and said, hey, the, 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 wine, is, the wine is run out. You need to do something. And he says, hold on, my, my hour's not yet come. I'm about to do something, but, but it's not time yet. Just give me one moment. Because I, I'm, I'm doing this by strict clockwork here. 
there's a purpose and a plan to what I am doing. He did what was right, even when it wasn't easy. You see, on the Sabbath day, well, you're not supposed to do anything on the Sabbath day, but there were people who needed to be healed. And so Jesus healed them because it was right. And he went to them and he said, I'm going to break it down really simple so you can understand it. If you had an ox and it fell in the pit today, what would you do? I'll tell you what you would do. You would go down and pick that ox up out of the pit and help him because it's right. Because it's right. What kind of God would he be if he only talked about dying on the cross? If he only talked about loving you? If he only talked about giving you mercy and grace but truly never gave you any of those things? If he just walked around claiming to be something but was none of those things that he claimed to be, we would be very miserable tonight. But Lord, don't let the apple fall far from that tree. Lord, help me to be more like you. Lord, let this tree speak for itself. When others look my way, let them see you. Let them see holiness. Let them see righteousness. Let them see a child of God. Let them see a friend that they can come to. Let them see a mother that they could hug. Let them see a father that would come and comfort them and pray with them. Let them see a people of God that wants to help them. Let them see a church with open doors that says, Come, if you're hurting, come. If you're broken, come. I don't care who you are, where you've come from, come. I've come to heal. I've come to save. I've come to deliver. If there was ever a time we need to not just claim to have it, but live it and show it and breathe it, it is right now. It's time for trees to start talking. It's time for them to say, look, I'm not just going to say it, but I want you to look at what I'm producing. I want you to look what the Lord has done. I want you to see the work that he's done in my life and let that be a testament of who he is. Let everything I say be true to this word, but let also everything I do be true to this word. The word says, don't just be hearers of the word, but you've got to be doers also. Action speaks louder than words. Yeah, we, we quote it and we know it, but truly tonight, do you understand that actions speak louder than words? My wife, I tell her I love her, and I do. But if all I did for these last eight years was just say, I love you, and that was it, just my words, for eight years, I would imagine that right now we would be in a pretty bad place. If I never wrote her a birthday card, if I never bought her a present at Christmas, if I never hugged her, if I never consoled her when she was crying, if I never was there for her when she was sick, if I was none of those other things, but, oh, I said I loved you. Very shallow. But when I say I love you 
And I am going to wrap my arms around you. And I am going to console you when you're crying. I am going to show you in every way possible that I care about you and you mean something to me. Those actions are speaking much louder than the words I love you had spoken. We pride ourselves in saying who we are. But I want to ask you tonight, is who you say you are being produced? Or would we be accused of false advertisement? You see, some of us take pride in things that we don't do bad. And we think that that's sufficient. Well, I'm not out there drinking and cussing and shooting up. I'm not doing any of those bad things. And we think that that's our ticket to glory. Because I'm not doing bad things. But do you know the outcome of the tree that produces nothing at all is the same as the tree that produces evil? Our text said in verse 19, every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down. Matthew 21 verse 18, he says, now in the morning as he returned, speaking of Jesus, he hungered. He was hungry. He was looking for food. And when he saw a fig tree, so if he sees a fig tree, you would think, what? That there were figs on this tree. But as he's approaching this tree, he looks over and found nothing thereon, but leaves only. And said unto it, let no fruit grow on thee henceforward forever and presently. The fig tree withered away, and when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? That tells you how serious Jesus is about you claiming to be something that you're not. That he comes and he says, there's going to be people that are hungry. And they're going to come to you because you claim to have something. They're going to come to you because you told them you had truth. They're going to come to you because you said that their God was a healer. That that your God could provide. And that your church would rally with them and pray with them. And rejoice with them and weep with them. And they show up to come see your tree. And when they get there, it's nothing but leaves. Jesus said, you want me to tell you how serious this is when there's nothing there and you're claiming that you're supposed to produce something, but you're not, I'm cursing that tree and I'm saying, you know what? You're going to wither away and you're going to die. Well, when when is that going to happen? Very fast, very fast. Because he said, I, I, I can't afford to play games. There's people who are hungry that are going to be looking for something. And when they come, you better have it. You better have it when they come looking for it. John 5 and 5, he said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me and my word abides in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. So you see, simply not doing bad is not going to cut it. Jesus, in essence, says, listen, not doing anything at all 
is as bad as doing evil. Not doing anything and just being silent and, and pretending like everything okay is just as bad as doing evil. He took the man that had the talent that did nothing with it. He said, I'm going to take that away and I'm going to give it to somebody else. Why? Because God doesn't want you just doing nothing. He doesn't want you sitting back and just being silent. He doesn't want you sitting back twiddling your thumbs and saying, well, if it'll be, it'll be. If they come to church, they come to church. If they pray, they pray. God saying, no, I'm looking for somebody who has it. I'm looking for somebody that's not just speaking, oh, yeah. No, I'm looking for somebody that says, I've got it. I've got it. I've got the Holy Ghost. I've got joy. I've got peace. Don't just hear my words. Look at my life. Look at what I'm producing. God has touched me and changed me. Silence is not golden. It's rebuked. Jesus said, if these should hold their peace that the rocks would immediately cry out. He said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Come on, are you a child of God? Then start responding that way. Are you saved by grace? Then let's worship that way. Have you been shown mercy? Then let's show mercy. Have you been given that grace, that unmerited favor? Then let's give grace. Have you been forgiven? Then let's forgive. Let's forgive. Ephesians 4 says, And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Don't you forget that God forgave you. Don't you forget where you used to be. Don't you forget where you came from. When you start, well, I know what they've been doing. Yeah, well, we know what you used to be doing until God got a hold of you. So I'm telling you, I want you to forgive others just like I forgave you. I want you to be compassionate. I want you to show love and mercy because I've shown it to you. Are you a Christian? Then be like him. Strive to be like Jesus. Are you his disciple? You say, how, how will I know? How will I know I'm his disciple? He's not here for me to follow and go be a fisher of men with him. How will I know if I'm his disciple? He told us in John 13, he said, by this shall all men know. Not just for you to know. But for all men to know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. He didn't say you had to agree with everybody. He didn't say you had to condone all their sin. He didn't say you had to go be best buddies with them and, and go do what they're doing to win them. He said, all I'm asking you to do is love them. All I'm asking you to do is when they walk through the doors of your church, you don't have to understand. You don't have to do any of those things. Just wrap your arms around them and say, I love you. I love you. God loves you. I care about you. God wants you to know today he loves you. Those words mean more than you could ever imagine. Some of the most incredible services in children's church comes when they're hearing those words, Jesus loves me. When they say those simple things back to him, I love you, Jesus. Love one another 
as he loved you. Because you see, I can't call myself an apple tree if I'm not producing apples. And I cannot say I'm his disciple if I'm not loving others. These trees, they're speaking volumes. These trees are speaking volumes. Can we all stand tonight? Luke chapter 10 says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he's saying, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. But he, he wanted to justify himself. Now hold on, Jesus. Before I overly commit here, I'm all for those other things. I've done all those other things, but I just got to ask, who are you calling my neighbor? Because that might determine whether or not I'm willing to love them like you're telling me to love them. Can we be real tonight? What color are they before I determine whether I love them or not? What background are they from before I determine whether I'm ready to, to share that love with them? Are they, are they mine? Are they with me or against me? Jesus says, hold on. You're getting it wrong. He said, I'm going to tell you something. There was a man. He was beaten. He was bruised. He was hurt. He was stripped down and left half dead. And then, you know what? Here comes this, this, this priest. And he looks down and he sees that one that's hurting and broken and bruised. see nothing and walks the other way that's not me that's what the bible says he walked the other way then likewise a levite when he was at that place he didn't just notice it says he came read it and looked on him he examined it a little bit mm. Not today. Not today. But a certain Samaritan. An outcast. Somebody you'd never suspect. As he journeyed, he came where he was and when he saw him, he had compassion. Compassion on him. And went to him. No, he didn't do that. Because he had compassion. And he stopped. And he bound up his wounds. Pouring in oil and wine. And set him on his own beast. And brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. 
Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, he that showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said unto him, go and do thou likewise. I've been taken to this passage of scripture in the last few weeks and God took me back through this whole story again and a priest walked up and noticed the man and went the other way. Just claiming to be a priest doesn't mean anything. Being given title priest doesn't mean anything. If you're going to just walk by the other way. Well, why did he walk by the other way? Well, perhaps he thought the situation was too bloody. Perhaps he was worried about his reputation. Perhaps he, he had forgotten the cause. Perhaps he had forgotten how to be a human. And so he made a choice to go the other way and he made a wrong choice. Then a Levite came and didn't just notice him, but he looked on him and then he too passed by and made the wrong choice. But what their titles were, they should have both helped. They should have both had fruit that wasn't just being spoken by their mouth, but it should have been very evident who they were because of the fruit they were producing. But Jesus said, I couldn't see anything there because they went the other way. But then there was a certain Samaritan. He saw the man and had compassion on him. He went to him. He didn't wait on the fallen one to come and and say, I need your help. No, he says, I'm coming to where you are to be a help to you. He bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine and set him on his own beast. You know what that means? That means now I've got to walk so that he can rest. That means I'm deferring my brother to help him. I'm going to love one another like he said. I'm going to put him on my beast and I'm going to walk so that they can rest. He took care of him and even when he couldn't care for him any longer, he made sure he was still cared for. And he said, I'll pay whatever the cost to see he's restored. I was once told by a leader to disregard a certain group. Because they decided that this group was a lost cause. They said, well, we'll focus more on the younger generation because we've kind of counted our losses with these and we've just accepted that they're gone. They were still showing showing up to church on Sunday. They were still coming to midweek service, but we're just going to... I'd have to get too involved to help them right now. So we're just going to ignore them and work over here where there's not as many problems is what was being said. Needless to say, that did not settle well with my soul. And I went to the prayer room and I began to pray. And I said these words, God, that's not right. That's not right. And God took me to this passage of scripture. He said, read it. And I started reading it. And I got to the part where it says, leaving him half dead. God spoke to me and said, he was still half alive. He was still half alive. But it's going to be how you, how you look at that glass. Is it half empty or half full? 
Are you going to walk by and say, oh, it's a lost cause. It's, it's not worth it. Or are you going to look down and say, no, there's still life there. There's still something that can be restored. There's still something worth fighting for. There's still something worth giving my all to help make it better. I made up my mind that day that I would not give up on someone or something because it doesn't look like it's going to make it. So tonight, I do not give up on my hurt black brothers and black sisters. You hear me? I do not give up. I do not give up on my world. I do not give up on my police officers. I do not give up on unity. I do not give up on the church. And I certainly am not going to give up on God. I'm going to put all my trust in Him and say, God, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen because of You. God, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen because of You. God, because You showed us in Your Word how to love one another as You have loved us. How to show compassion on a wounded brother. God, that we can go to and say, hey, I want You to rest while I walk. I want You to be... Whatever I've got to pay, whatever I've got to put in to make sure that this gets out, okay, I'm willing to pay the price. I want to see unity in my home. I want to see unity in my nation. I want to see unity in my world. Today, I stand for not what is popular, but for what is right. Racism is not just wrong. It is sin. Hate is sin. Stealing is sin. Murder is sin. Come on, let's call it like it is. It's not something to play with. It is sin. Today I will not walk the other way. I will not be silent and pretend like I don't see anything. I'm not going to ignore the blood. I will not ignore the hate. I will not ignore the things going on in my world. I will not simply look on my fallen friend and wish them the best. No, I'm going to speak. I'm going to declare the word of the Lord. I'm going to stand with Jesus. And I'm going to stand for what is right. Because that is what Jesus did. Even when the law said, well, well, she's supposed to be stoned. Don't you know she's committed adultery and she's supposed to be stoned? Jesus stood for right. Jesus stood for right. When someone needed healing, he healed them. When someone needed deliverance, he delivered them. When somebody was bound, he broke those chains. And he's still doing it today. Amen. He's still doing it today. Religious profession and observance are not enough. There must be a genuine evidence of Christ in me in the life of the person. For James said, faith without works is dead. We're not saved by our works, but without our works, faith is dead. There's a song. I want to read the lyrics says, if I sing but I don't have love, I waste my breath with every song. 
I bring an empty voice and a hollow noise. If I speak with a silver tongue and convince a crowd, but I don't have love, I leave a bitter taste with every word I say. If I give to a needy soul, but I don't have love, then who is poor? It seems all the poverty is found in me. So let my life be the proof of your love. Let my love look like you and what you're made of. What are you saying? I'm saying don't let the apple fall far from the tree. Don't let me be different than you, Jesus. Let me be just like you. 1 Corinthians 13 in the message says, If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy but don't love, then I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. If I can speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything plain as day, And if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, then I've got nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, what I do, who I say I am, What tree I say I am, if I can claim all of those things, but my tree is not speaking for itself, then I am nothing. If I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I'm not sharing love, I'm nothing. No matter what I say or do or claim to be. What does the tree say about me tonight? What does the tree say about you tonight? What are you producing in your life? Come on, lift your hands all over this house. Father, tonight we have looked in ourselves. God, we have looked at our tree. God, what are we producing tonight? Are we producing a remedy? Are we producing love? Are we producing joy and peace and happiness? God, and gentleness and long-suffering and compassion. God, or are we that tree that needs to be cursed, that's not producing anything at all? God, we're just here. We're on cruise control. We're, we haven't prayed in so long. We haven't fasted in so long. We haven't witnessed to somebody. God, we're just sitting here doing nothing. God, or perhaps, God, we're negative. Perhaps there's bitterness in our heart. Perhaps there's something growing out of my life and being produced that's not of you. God, we come against it tonight in the name of Jesus. Come on, let your tree start talking. Let it do the talking for you. Oh, look what the Lord has done. Look what he mended. Look what he put back together again. Lord, right now, God, let every life, God, in this place, those watching online tonight, God, that we begin to produce again that sweet fruit. God, that fruit that causes others to say, I know where I can go. 
I know where I can go when I get hungry. I know there's a place that I'm going to go to. And they're not going to disappoint because there's fruit there. How do I know? Because I've seen it. I've seen it in their family. I've seen it when he comes onto the job site. I notice he don't talk like everybody else. I notice she doesn't dress like everybody else. But there's something different. Something's got a hold of them. They're bearing fruit I've never seen before. But it's sweet. And I want it. I want it. I want it. I want it. Woo! Praise God. Praise God. Lord, let me love like you love. Let me show mercy like you show mercy. God, let me have compassion. God, as you have compassion. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. May I wake up every day and go in there and look in the mirror and say, what what are you producing today? What are you going to produce today? What are you going to do with your life? What are you going to do with this opportunity? What are you going to do with the people that are on your job today or, or the people that are in your neighborhood? What are you going to show them today? Come on, let the tree begin to talk for you. Don't, don't, don't just walk around. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. That word Christian has been watered down so much in our world and muddied by every person that, that just thinks they know what they're talking about. Let the tree speak. Walk outside and don't just say I'm a Christian. Be a Christian. Be love. Be kind. Be generous. And say, God, use me. God, lead me to somebody who's hungry. God, let me produce what they need. God, let me be the answer, God, that they've been searching for. Lead me to them, oh God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Father, one more time, we lift our hands. We thank you for your presence that is in this place. God, we thank you for your spirit that we have felt tonight. God, I pray that you would help us, God, to have compassion. God, to all do our part. God, as your child, as your chosen. God, to see reconciliation in our families, in our community. God, whatever we can do to help. God, let the church arise and be a city that is set on a hill whose light cannot, cannot be put out. God, we rely on you and trust in you tonight. And we give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And it is so. Praise God. Come on, somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Love somebody. Let them know how glad you are that they were here tonight. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening.